This is episode 59. We're one away from the big 6-0. And I actually just wanted to jump back because we don't even know what this episode is about. So I'm not sure if we know what uh, the big 6-0 is yet. Uh, we haven't talked about it. But uh, 58, debrief at Fob Cigar. That was a phenomenal episode for me. And I think it was a phenomenal episode for us. Yeah. I, I think I put it in the show notes, but I don't know if anybody actually reads the show notes. But that episode was so pure. It was so good. There were zero edits. None. That is the first time ever that has happened. We've, we did not edit a damn thing. And it, I, I think it just flowed perfectly. I agree 100%. It was, it was just what we, what we talked about when we had this brainstorm of this thing. It was like, we should do this. And it was like two guys just talking in a room. Right. You know, together. And that's what we wanted. Yeah. And that worked out just amazing with everything that was going on. Because uh, you were in town and I knew you were coming into town. And just between work and vacation time and everything else, there was we had this very, very small window that we actually got to sit down and hang out. And I think uh, it was just like, are we going to record something? Uh, Yeah, let's just do this. So we grabbed my H6, two microphones. We went out on the back patio. We hit record, and we just went with it. I couldn't have asked for a better situation. Actually, I wanted to. Uh, It's getting cold out now. I wanted to go out and smoke on the back portio, patio. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and uh, do this recording. And I might as well because I have had nothing but issues with audio in my studio for a good month now. So I am literally trying to hook up the bare minimum equipment just so that we could get together, record this episode, and have a conversation. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we could go back to uh, episode one. We're recording <laughs> over our phones. Well, ever oh episode B, yeah, episode apologies. B, yeah. Well, technically it is one. Yeah, I mean that was horrible. Uh, and, and I don't think we'll ever get that bad again. But yeah, that was bad. I mean, we could. It's <laughs> <laughs> just start recording phone calls. It's funny because you know it, I kind of watch the statistics that we do get that we do have. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's funny because for a listen to an episode today. Like, for instance, 58. Anytime that somebody listens to the latest episode, there's always going to be at least one or two new listens to episodes one, two, and or three. That's cool because people people are like, that makes me think that somebody's discovering this episode and saying, well, let me, let me binge listen from the beginning. They go back to the first episode and they're like, what the F is this? And they give up. They don't continue to listen and hear us improve and grow over the course of, well, now this being 59 episodes. Right. Well, and I get a lot of uh, people at work that do listen. They're like, we can really tell that you're a lot more comfortable around the microphone. Yeah. And that the editing skills are getting there and stuff like that because they can tell that the audio quality is improved from cell phone to uh, Samsung uh, Q2U microphone, which I see you're back to. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, it's, it's a great microphone. It really is. It is a great microphone. Yeah. The Samsung Q2U is a great microphone for anybody who's going to start podcasting via USB and want to upgrade or be able to expand to XLR inputs. I, I really like it. But for me, this is more of a field microphone. When I just need to get on a microphone, this is what I want because it's very versatile. When I'm in my studio, I want a microphone that I have found that I feel suits my voice. And so that's why currently, not this episode, but I have been using the 512 Audio uh, Limelight. Oh, yeah. That's the one you're using on the other yeah, on the other podcast. Yep. Well, and two episodes ago and a few before that for EFM. And I run it, I run that microphone through some other equipment and what have you. And for whatever reason, and I cannot figure out if it's my microphone, I can't figure out if it's a piece of hardware, if it's my recording software, I cannot figure it out. But for whatever reason, I'm just having a lot of problems. So I'll figure it out once I get the time yeah. because everything's busy right now. And it's a matter of isolating the problem and yeah. advancing and moving forward. Uh, 100%. You know, uh, adapt and overcome because we need to get an episode out uh, this Wednesday, <laughs> you know, to to keep with the pattern. We don't want to leave anybody uh, out of, I guess, out of an episode, all four listeners. Yeah. I mean- we wouldn't want to let them down. <laughs> right. I guess not. I mean, we've been sitting here rambling now for almost eight minutes, and we have not done an introduction or anything. Should we just get this show actually going? All right, let's boogie. You're listening to Eyes Forward March, a podcast geared towards building the core of the non-commissioned officers. Heat up your MRE. Crack open a cold rippet. And join your platoon daddies, Sergeant Bacon and Sergeant Seaguard, as they continue to build networking skills, have some laughs, uplift morale, and talk about daily issues soldiers face. Let's begin. I literally, before you say anything, you said, let's boogie. And before I came upstairs to jump on the microphone, I was watching Shark Tank live. Apparently, they're doing it live now. And the company that I saw that was on was this, like, teddy bear, like the, the boogie oogie or oogie boogie or something like that. But it's a basically a weird Q-tip type thing to get babies' boogers out of their nose because babies don't know how to blow their nose. I mean, I didn't have that <laughs> shit growing up, and I turned out halfway okay. Wow. <laughs> halfway. <laughs> Uh, uh, as always, I am Sergeant Seagar, and on the other microphone, Sergeant Bacon. Well, I had to think about titles because yeah, there was some uh, there's some things that went down that uh, may change my title very soon. So Ooh, does to, that mean I might get a promotion? Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I mean, well, before we get into that. Let's get on with some. It's time for military history. All right. Ooh, you're getting better at that whole paper rattle. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, you like I that? Dig it. So, September 25th, 
through October 1st, 2022. We're going to start off with an update. I failed last uh, episode. What? To mention that on September 17th of 1986, our favorite video game lounge podcast host, John, was born. <laughs> Happy way the fuck late birthday, John. Happy way the fuck late birthday, brother. Okay. <laughs> I forgot all about that. Damn. I don't forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is your favorite, which is your your spirit animal has to be an elephant. <laughs> yeah, why? Because I'm fat? No, no. It's either because you never forget <laughs> or you got a hell of a trunk. <laughs> just I'm just a baby elephant. <laughs> All right. So September 25th of 1690, the first American newspaper was published. A single edition of public occurrences, both foreign and domestic, appeared in Boston, Massachusetts. However, British authorities considered the newspaper offensive and ordered its immediate suppression. Oh, go figure. Fuck those guys. September 25th of 1789, the first U.S. Congress proposed 12 amendments to the U.S. Constitution, 10 of which, comprising of the Bill of Rights, were ratified. That's pretty good odds. It's not bad at all. September 26th of 1918, the last major battle in World War I, the Battle of the Argonne, began as a combined forces of the French and Americans attacked Germans along a 40-mile front. That's fucking insane. 40-mile front. Yeah. So the battlefield was 40 miles long. Damn. Yeah. The the command and control there just has to be ridiculous. Non-existent. Yeah. At, that, at that point yeah. in time, yeah. September 26 of 1960, the first ever televised presidential debate occurred between presidential presidential candidates John F. Kennedy and Richard M. Nixon. Many who watched were inclined to say Kennedy, air quotes, won the debate, while those who listened only to the radio thought Nixon did better. Nixon, who declined to use makeup, appeared somewhat haggard-looking in the TV in contrast to Kennedy. Uh. I was going to say it know. all goes downhill from there. But <laughs> that's kind of the decline. Yeah. <laughs> but I get it though because when when TV, you know, became a thing, it was in every household. All of a sudden now we're judging everything on appearance instead of morals, integrity, and and personability because when you listen to podcasts for instance and you listen to us you have no idea what we look like we could be hump back and hump dork of Notre Dame can I be hump dork you can choose because but no that's I mean that's what you 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 have to you don't have anything to go by except for how we sound and what we say and you draw a connection with that and physical appearance plays no part in it yeah I mean, would would uh, the would the Carda- can't say it the Kardashians would they have been as successful as they 
somehow have been if they were not on TV, but only on radio. That's the only way you knew them. Nobody would listen to that Nobody shit. Nobody would listen to that shit. Right. Hmm. Food for thought. Yeah. So we got a birthday, a fellow by the name of, he's an American folk legend, guy by the name of Johnny Appleseed. <laughs> he was born in 1774 in Lemon, Leo Minster, Massachusetts. His birth name was John Chapman. Mm-hmm. And for 40 years, he traveled through Ohio, Indiana, and into Illinois, planting orchards. He was a friend of the wild animals and was regarded as a great medicine man by the Native Americans. I didn't know he was a real guy. Yeah, I was going to say that's not the way I heard the story, but... <laughs> this is not the way you heard it. Mm. It's somebody else's podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah. September 27 of 1964, a, after a 10-month investigation, the Warren Commission report was issued stating a lone gunman had been responsible for the assassination of President John F. Kennedy in Dallas on November 22nd of 1963. So there was no second shooter at the Grassy Knoll. Mm, that's what they say. That's what the Warren Commission mm. says. All right, we have another birthday. A guy by the name of uh, Samuel Adams was born in 1722 in Boston, Massachusetts. He was a passionate, vocal man who helped ignite the revolution and served as a delegate to the First and Second Continental Congresses. He was a singer of the Declaration of Independence and the Articles, oh, a signer. He was a signer of the Declaration of Independence and the Articles of Confederation. I was trying I was to figure like, out how he would sing this thing. Well, I heard it, and I'm like, wait, what? And I'm sitting there thinking what? to myself, somebody sang it? My listexia is kicking in. <laughs> okay, let's get on to this. Yeah. Uh, September 29th of 1789. Congress created the United States Army, consisting of 1,000 enlisted men and officers. Big deal. Yeah, huge deal. Huge deal. September 29th of 1829, Britain's boobies. No, Bobbies. Jesus Christ. Britain's Bobbies made their first public appearance. too soon, bro, the queen. Greater London's Metropolitan Police Force was established by an act of parliament at the request of the Home Secretary, Sir Robert Peel, after whom they were nicknamed. So Robert was Bobby, not Booby. The force later became known as Scotland Yard, the site of their first headquarters. So careful on the boobies. Yeah, was, was that British boobies or English boobies? Because I want to make sure I got the title of this episode correct. They were Britain's boobies. Britain's boobies. Okay. Yep. Welcome to episode 59, Britain's boobies. Britain's boobies. Starring your hosts, <laughs> Hump Dork and Humpback. <laughs> Featuring Humpback, Hump Dork. Yep. All right. September 29th through the 30th of 1941, the Nazis killed 33,771 Fuck Jews Hitler. during the... Bobby Yar massacre 
near Kiev. Fuck those guys. Mm. Sons of bitches. September 30th of 1938, British Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain returned to England, declaring there would be peace in our time after signing, not singing, the Munich Pact (laughs) with Adolf Hitler. The pact ceded the Czechoslovakian Sudeten land to the Nazis. Chamberlain claimed the agreement meant peace. However, Hitler seized all of Czechoslovakia in March of 1939. September 30th of 1949, the Berlin Airlift concluded after 277,264 flights carrying over 2 million tons of supplies to the people of West Berlin who were blockaded by the Soviets. Crazy stuff. September 30th, 1966, Nazi war criminals Albert Speer and Baldur von Sarach were released from Spandau Prison after serving 20 years. The prison, originally built for 600 inmates, was left with only one prisoner, the former deputy Fuhrer Rudolf Hess. In October 1st, 1908, Henry Ford's Model T, a universal car designed for the masses, went on sale for the first time. What color did you want it in? Um, black. Black, yeah. Good choice. Yeah, because that was Good the choice. only color you could get it in. Yeah. As long, any color, as long as, as it was As long black. as you wanted black, you could get this car in any color. October 1st of 1938, Hitler's troops occupied the Sudeten land portion of Czechoslovakia in an effort to avoid war. The leaders of Britain and France had agreed to cede the German-speaking area to Hitler, who later broke the agreement and occupied all of Czechoslovakia. Asshole. Yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. October 1st, 1946, 12 Nazi leaders were sentenced to death at the International War Crimes Tribunal in Nuremberg, Germany. Good riddance. Peace. And finally, October 1st, 1979, after 70 years of American control, the Panama Canal Zone was formally handed over to Panama. Well, at least it's been improving ever since, right? I mean, we only wedged one boat in there. (laughs) (laughs) It took some time. That was military history. That, you know, I was thinking uh, for the first part or first half of military history, I was like, damn, them freaking Boston, man, Massachusetts, just dominating the news. Then we got into some British boobies and then freaking Nazi Germany. Like, what the hell? Right. Well, there there's so much that goes on at this time of the year, you know? Yeah. And uh, hopefully it slows down. Slow news week in October or something like that. <laughs> slow. <laughs> You you were clearly amused this week, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you you had some good stuff there. Uh, We've already established that it has been busy, but uh, you were talking right before military history. You were talking about some sort of news or something that, uh, like, I don't know. You kind of left me hanging, or maybe I left you leave me hanging. I you know I don't know. Left you hanging, yeah, on purpose. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, you know. Yeah, I do, but. Uh, I did a FedRec board, Federal Recognition Board. I was approved unanimously that uh, 
I can be uh, a warrant officer candidate. What? So now I just, yeah. Now I just have to pick a school date and then I don't know, do I, my chief, master, mister, bacon? Like, I don't know well, what happens after this. You'd be, yeah, yeah. What, so you'd be a warrant officer candidate, bacon. Right. Uh, so I got to change the whole intro. Yeah. And then, uh, then you would be Mr. Bacon. And then once you got uh, to Chief Warrant Officer 2, then you would be Chief Bacon. So a, a, a warrant, uh, a W01 is just a warrant officer. So you, right. what is it? It's, uh, once you get to, uh, so it's W01, CW2, CW3, CW4, CW5. So, Right. If it's just a bar with a black square in the middle of it, that's just a warrant officer. It's a mister. They don't get chief until they hit two. Two two square dots or square blocks in the bar. Right. That's weird to me, but it's kind of cool. Like, do you feel that mister should be one and two, and then chief is three, four, and five? No, I think I think that uh, once you become a warrant officer, you should be chief. I think it should be CW1, CW2. And I don't know the history or the backstory of why it would be W01 and then CW2. There's got to be a reason. I'm not going to do the research on the fly. You can. Yeah, I'm not either. Um, but there's got to be a reason. There's got to be tradition. There's there there's. I mean, when you talk about the warrant officer corps, I'll tell you, I don't care who you are. If you're part of the warrant officer corps, I ain't going to mess with you at, at all 100%. I mean, I remember I was driving out to uh, to the board, and I was I think I was a little nervous or whatever, but I texted you, and I'm like, hey, you busy? and Are you on the road or something? You're like, give me a little bit. So I called you, and I think you talked me off a ledge there for a little bit. So <laughs> <laughs> appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, cuz you you literally texted me probably either either right as I was waking up or right after I rolled out of bed. Uh, you know, hey, I think you said, "Hey, are you busy?" And I'm like, "Well, hold on. I'm I'm getting ready to head out the door." Uh, you know, and that was it. A few minutes later, I I got out in my car. I got everything loaded, got on my car, and uh, before I left my driveway, I was like, "Hey, I'm getting on the road." Give me a call if you want. So you texted back, all right, I'll give you a call in a few minutes. So it was about 10 minutes into my journey when uh, you called me. It, mind you, I have a 55-minute, at best, drive to work every morning. And a 55-minute drive, at best, home. Typically, it's when I catch up on podcasts or listen to an audio book or whatever. So uh, when when you called... I was just ecstatic to have somebody to talk to. I really was. It brightened up my day. But then you called me and you're like, hey, I I just want to run. Here's what's going on, blah, blah. I want to run some things by you uh, because you were heading to your FedRec board. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, because you're like, you know, I can run it by some other family members and some friends, but they just don't understand because they're not in the military. What, you know, so. Uh, some of the questions you asked me, I was like, oh yeah, this is probably what they're looking for. You know, it's pretty typical from what I've seen and other ones, it was just us talking through it, like using the correct words. Right. Yeah. Using words like, um, feel versus think or hope mm -hmm. makes you sound a lot more confident than you might be, you know, hundred percent, which yeah. was helpful. And then when it was all said and done, I call you. 
but you know, I'm okay. I'm approved. <laughs> that you're okay. They, and didn't, then, they didn't nail your ass to I the wall. I tell you some of the questions. Yeah. And none of them were anything we went over. No, no, no. no. <laughs> but. Are you, are you a paper clip or a staple? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a phenomenally awesome question, but. Right. The questions that we talked about going while you were going to the board, they were pretty typical questions. You know, questions in some way, shape, or form you're going to get on just about any board, typically. Right. But when we walked through those, like, okay, when you ask me that question, here's what I'm thinking. And, and my answer is not polished by any means, but it gets the creative juices flowing and, you know, you bounce back and forth and you're like, yep, you're right. And that's when we identified that using words like, like for instance, where do you see yourself in five years? Right. Well, you know, instead of saying, well, you know, like where I'd like to be, da, 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 you know, and it's like, this is where I'm going to be in five years. And the only right. thing that's going to change that is your decision. Right. Or uh, the why should we hire you question. Yeah, that's another you know. another great one. Why shouldn't you hire me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how that's how you would answer that. I, I that's exactly how I. That's exactly. That. <laughs> uh, I typically uh, go along the lines of like, look, you can sit here and look at a hundred people, but I mean, you know, I think my analogy was is that uh, if if I w- if you were if if each one of you were sitting with a hun- at the casino with a hundred dollars in your pocket and you want to double your money, you want to make the right bet. That's this guy. That's me. I, I might not be the guy that uh, likes to sit around the water cooler and uh, talk football, but I'm the guy that's going to get the job done. I'm get the guy that's going to cover your ass. You know. Yeah. Might not be the best looking guy. Oh, I'm, but I'm the best guy for the job. I am definitely by no means the <laughs> best looking guy. But okay, go back to your question, uh, or not your question, but the question you were asked after the board. You got asked if you are a well, a paperclip. Or a staple? Or a staple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, l- let's talk about that. Because <laughs> okay. that is a mind-blowing question, if you think about it. I've, n- I've never been asked that. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, okay. When you... Okay, you, you said that you got asked that question. And it, when, I did. when you told me that, I instantly took it like, okay, you're asking me that question. And before I could even try to contemplate what... I would be which one, the paperclip or the staple? You already had your answer. Yeah. Uh, I'm a staple <laughs> because, you know, like I said, I think I told you, I said staples are like, they hold they hold things together. Like you physically have to rip a, a piece of paper apart to get rid of that staple, you know? Yeah. And even then it's still stuck there. I mean. Right. Unless you find the staple remover, but he's never around. No matter how hard you look, you'll never find the staple remover when you need him. All right, because some guy like me is running around playing Jaws with that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, but yeah, that was pretty much how I answered it. It took me a second to process the question. And of course, anytime you're processing a question, you just be like, that's an excellent question. <laughs> so you have another half a second to think. I'd have been like, you oh, know. damn. I've never been asked a question like that before. Well, yeah. Let me see. Both are made yeah. out of metal. Is one stronger than the other? I don't believe so. I think it's the way that the metal's bent. 
know, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, thinking about it, I probably I, like I love how you answered staple, but I almost think that I would have went with paperclip because you're keeping stuff together, but yet you're able to bring new things in and get rid of old things without making a mess you know you can still keep the project together but you you know you, you can get rid of the old stuff that's no longer needed and you can let new stuff in and it still keeps everything together yeah that's a good answer too though i i mean right yeah, i i don't know i don't necessarily think there's a right answer or a wrong answer it's whether you believe you're a stable or you believe you're a paperclip and then why? Really, it's why. Because if you, your right. answer is going to tell the person who asked the question something about you. I mean, I could have just said, you're old enough to remember Clippy, right? <laughs> That's why I'm a staple. <laughs> Clippy, the Microsoft Office assistant? Yes. Yeah, that, that little fucker was a joke. I don't know. You taught that shit. Yeah, I did. That that thing was absolutely that. Actually, any time that I taught Microsoft Office, one of the first things we ever did was disable Clippy because <laughs> Clippy got so in the way. You're the reason. <laughs> you're the reason Clippy's gone. No, no, it's not me. I see. No, but that I mean that's a great and there's there's a there's a million questions out there, right? But I think it ultimately just. What they want to see is, can you make a decision quickly, and can you justify it, and how well do you justify it? Does it make sense? I, that, that's right. the way I look at those types of questions. I mean, several members of that board were still trying to process, after they deliberated on my approval, what they would be, and that's been like 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know. That's a hell of a so, board. Was that your total board time, like 20 minutes? Probably. That's that's a pretty quick board. It was. I think they only asked me like nine or ten questions. That That is not bad at all. But I think yeah. sometimes those boards, they probably already have an idea of what the answer is. Right. They just, you know, they just want to ask uh, for formality. Make sure you aren't in there shitting the bed. Yeah. I know any board that I have sat on. Not sat on any board that I have gone on. It really always seems like a formality. If the decision is not already predetermined before the board even convenes, I feel like there's one question out of all the questions that they ask. I feel like there's one question that they have and they're looking for a specific answer. And if you are the closest to that answer, you're going to win. So it's like guessing jelly beans. How many jelly beans are in the jar? No, but, you know, uh, maybe they're like, um, you know, what we really need is somebody who has this character trait. And so when we ask a question or two, we're looking for answers that display that character trait. If one of the or if one of the candidates answer and displays that character trait, that's the one we're going to pick. Right. Okay. And I think a lot of that is they want to know, like, your pattern of thinking, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like, how well you can, I don't know, problem solve with limited resource and time. Yeah. Yeah. I've been on, I've know. been on both sides of that. I've been in, I've been on a board that 
they really want to know your pattern of thinking. They really want to like know how much do you know. So like when I sit on a board and you ask me a question, I spill everything. I give you more information than what you want. You ask me a simple question, I'm going to go into detail and I'm going to expand. And in those kind of boards, half of my questions are always going to be like, well, you already answered this question, so I'm going to answer it. I'm going to ask you again. But then there's other boards that I've been on where when I didn't get hired and I called back and I'm like, you know, just looking for, you know, what can I do to improve? And it's just simply, well, you didn't sell yourself. I'm like, well, interesting. You know, like uh, I've done a lot of cool stuff and I have a lot to offer, but I'm not conceited. I'm not self-absorbed. So I'm not going to sit in front of you and say, I've done this. I've done that. I've done this. I've done that. Because what I've done to me doesn't matter. It's what I can do for you that matters. But they wanted the historical proof that I can do things and I didn't. I didn't portray that information. So they went with another candidate. Right. Well, it comes down to that same, that whole conversation we had in the hallway with the instructor at SLC that we weren't participating enough on day two. I just want to point out once again that the two people who got pulled aside and verbally counseled for not speaking up and not contributing are probably the only two people who still get together on a regular basis and contribute to each other and a group of listeners. I I find it absolutely funny and hilarious that we were the two that were like, hey, we're going to sit back and observe because in this environment, everybody else wants to talk. Everybody else has something to prove. Why am I going to add to that pollution? (laughs) Right. And a lot of it was pollution. A lot of it was pollution. It was just straight up, should have been EPA regulated. Yeah. Well, it's we're going to be here for X amount of time. The more we yeah. pollute that time, the less we have to care because the less you're, you're basically stealing time is what you're doing. Right. By being actively engaged and asking a million questions, basically you're distracting the instructor from progressing. And that's why we have to go to a class for three and a half weeks instead of two because for me and you we could go to that we could go to slc and i know we're getting off topic but that's fine me and you can go to slc get everything every checkbox that needed to be checked in two weeks we could have done that for sure but we had to be there for all just shy of four weeks so it's all up to the students to interact and engage and uh lead the show and and keep the, the basically stretch time and, and in my opinion, de, de, uh, devaluates. Devaluates. Yep, devaluates the worth of the instructor because if I have to add that much to it, why the hell are you getting paid to be here? Right. Yeah, if I'm the one teaching the class, what are you here for? Yeah. Uh, you know, I know that there's somebody out there that is going to want to argue that concept go ahead, I'm not going to listen. Bring it. Time is valuable. And if I can get the knowledge that I, if I can get the knowledge in half the time that's required, then let's move on and let's move forward. Right. Let's, let's learn something new. Yeah. But 
I just, I don't know. I, I just, I actually kind of lost where we came from. I know how we got here. That's all right. I lost how we, how we got here. Should we land this boat? I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. If you think you got enough content to make this thing go, I guess then I we'll get out of here. I well, con- I guess congratulations uh, for uh, becoming a candidate once you uh, pick your school time and all that other stuff. We will definitely keep checking in. We'll do little bits, pieces, parts, tidbits, whatever you want to call it, uh, to kind of get a little bit of inside scoop in the life of an NCO going into the warrant officer candidate program. We're going to definitely get a firsthand look in his withdrawals from coffee and caffeine as he becomes the most professional person he can be by apparently taking a commission, which for those of you that don't know, it means that for every non-commissioned officer that he commands, he will get a 0.0025% commission annually on those soldiers, which he will then in turn use to fund pizza parties for his non-commissioned officers. I thought I was just supplying the coffee. Well, yeah, but that's not until you become a CW2. True. Looks like that's another mission completed. The 30-mile check ride in the bag. Hit us up, podcastefm at gmail.com. Or follow Podcast EFM on Instagram. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm Sergeant Bacon. And I'm Sergeant Seagar. As always, eyes forward. March. March. That, o- that whole commissioning thing is a pyramid scheme. Don't do it. <laughs> Stay in the middle. Stay in the middle. Gray area only. I gotta use the little boys' room. I'll be right back. Oh my god. Stop, Rooney. <laughs>